VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's showtime. Welcome to the VHS Files Podcast with Jenny Lou. So what do you want to do tonight? Jason. What about pizza and movie night? Eric. I want to rent a movie. And Josh. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. And this is the movie of the week. Let's get this pizza movie night started. We're back. We're back. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good to be back with a movie of the week. It's been a while. It has been a while. Mm-hmm. Do we know why it's, it's been, been a while? Like months. Yeah, uh, no, I know already. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny and I are finally in Georgia, everybody. So we're in. everything's good. Yay. We're getting back into the swing of things. So yeah. we're excited. Back with a movie of the week for everybody this week. So, let's do a little uh, catch up. How's everybody been? We haven't really had a chance to get on and talk in about a month. So, Eric, Jason, how are you guys doing? We're here, bro. Doing great. Living, living the dream here in in Florida. <laughs> it's our first working. It's, it's our first tri-state uh, recording. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're yeah. all in different states instead of you guys being there and just me out here all alone. Now we're all spread out throughout the whole South and Southeast. We're regional now. That's right. VHS files. We can, files we can is spread the out. word easier now. <laughs> yeah, we're going. It's only a matter of time now. We're going global, people. <laughs> but yeah. well, it was a bit of a fiasco for us getting here. I mean, we went without all of our belongings for two days. That was a nightmare. Yeah. It's fun sleeping on the floor and having gas leaks and stuff. No, it? it's not <laughs> fun sleeping on the floor. The gas leak was the least of the problems. Yeah, that was like the easiest fix. That, it probably helped you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so sleepy, no, Jenny? It's probably a good thing we didn't sleep very well that first night because it could have been worse, I guess. <laughs> we had that fix the first night. We did. We didn't have the heat fix. Right. Our our heat did not work the it's first night we were here. We were cold freezing. in Georgia, people. <laughs> and Jenny hates the cold and y'all move north. Hmm. I don't hate the cold. Some people would not call Georgia north. We moved north of Florida. <laughs> that's that's a long ways north from the beaches of you know Panama City to up north up there. You're almost to Tennessee. Yeah. So yeah. you moved a little bit north. So a lot more a lot more culture here than where we lived in Florida. Um, already been to a couple of cool little collectible shops that we're probably going to have to frequent because they have lots of cool collectibles. I want that carnage. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. Cool. I was I was sending Jason photos yesterday of all the stuff I was finding in these in this collectible store, and he's like, "Dude, dude, dude." <laughs> <laughs> I want the I want the Hellraiser one. I want all of it, dude. I could have dropped five hundred dollars sending Josh money yesterday to pick up everything that he saw. I was like, no, I got an adult. Gen- <laughs> even Jenny, who's a little reserved about stuff like that, was even like, I could have spent so much money in that. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been bad. But well, let's get right into it. This week we watched Adventures in Babysitting, the movie of the week. Chris Parker. 
getting ready for the greatest night of her life. Hi. I gotta cancel. Now she's stuck babysitting the Anderson kids. Sarah. Mom got Chris to babysit for me. Chris? Her brother Brad. Oh my. His best friend Daryl. Who is this kid? Stray dog. Take good care of my baby. I'll guard her with my life. What could possibly go wrong? Chris, I'm in trouble. Hang up and sit down. I'll be there in half an hour. Adventures in babysitting. Did your parents will ever ask me to babysit again? If they do, I'd ask them for a buck more an hour. It's weird doing a movie of the week. We haven't done one in a while, so i got to kind of get back in the swing of this here. But uh, directed by Chris Columbus. This was Chris Columbus' first. first directorial movie. Have we um, done one of his movies before? We have done one of his movies before. Uh, I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But another thing I thought was pretty interesting about this one is it was produced by Deborah Hill. That's the first thing that popped out to me. Hey, hey. Yep. That's, that's, that's Halloween alumni right there. We wouldn't That's have right. Halloween if it wasn't for her and Carpenter, man. So one half of the Carpenter Hill team uh, produced on this one. Um, Christopher Columbus, like I said, directorial debut here. He he took this one because he thought he could deal with the subject matter in it, and it was going to be a good thing for him to start with his first film. After this, of course, he would go on to do Home Alone, which we've talked about on the show already, Only the Lonely with John Candy, Home Alone 2, Mrs. Doubtfire, and a few of the Harry Potter movies as well, Mm -hmm. which is one of Ginny's big, big fandoms. Mm -hmm. This was released on July 3rd, 1987. And strikingly enough, I could not find the budget for this movie, but I did find the box office. It made about $34 million and was released amongst the likes of Spaceballs, Predator, (laughs) Full Metal Jacket, Inner Space, which is one of my favorite Martin Short movies, James Bond's The Living Daylights, and Eric's favorite movie of that year, The Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> it might be. He won't. It might actually. No, I, I like Predator more, but <laughs> I love Brave Little Toaster. That's a great movie. Nothing wrong with that. I've actually never seen The Brave Little Toaster. So, Oh, Ooh, I but, God, man, I've well. seen that. Come on, man. I have not seen that one. I've seen all the other movies I just listed other than The Living Daylights, but. Yeah, 1987. We've already went down the road of 1987, I believe, with our Lost Boys episode. But we're going to have Eric take us back in time to 1987. We're sending you back in time. Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, in 1987, a man named Steve Rothstein... Uh, bought a lifetime unlimited first-class American Airlines ticket for $250,000. He then flew over 10,000 flights, costing the company about $21 million. was worth it. Uh, 22% of all mattress sales in the U.S. uh, were waterbed mattresses. I had one. I had one, too. Yeah, so did I. So did I. This was actually the peak of their popularity. Hey, guys, uh, do you know how to make a waterbed more bouncy? No. No. Uh, it's actually pretty easy. Just add spring water. Oh. <laughs> We're back with the bad jokes, everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, t- oh, also, two television stations in Chicago were hijacked within the course of three hours by a guy dressed as Max Headroom. You remember that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, to this day, the hijacker has not been found. They never figured out who it was oh. that did that. So that's a, a cool little... It was the Zodiac thing. Killer. They never found him. <laughs> <laughs> they probably know each other. 
and finally, uh, some great hip hop came out that year, including this. Hit it, Josh. Looking for a style like mine, you can't find it. They are the audience, I am the lyricist. Sometimes suckers on the side gotta hear this page, a rage that I'm not in a cage. Boogie Down Productions, and I was lucky enough to see uh, KRS One in Tallahassee a few years back. Nice. All right. Well, is that all you got for 1987, there, Eric? That is. This is actually our fourth. Our fourth yeah, movie, fourth. so it was this Lost Boys. What else uh, was Monster Squad '87? Also, I can't. I can't. I lost count, dude. We're stuck on 1987, dude. I was 10 years old for this whole VH Files thing that we do here. VH Files, VHS file. I can't talk. I'm out of practice. Come on, man. I mean, you got, I forgot the name of the show. It's been so long. <laughs> Who are you I guys? Mean, I thought I was got, on a business call. You've also got RoboCop, La Bamba, Summer School, Superman 4, which is a classic. Uh, <laughs> I mean, 87 was was a damn good year for, for movie lovers, I'd have to say. Dirty Dancing, Garbage Pail Kids, Monster Squad, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Josh but, is pushing that movie so hard. He's talked about it so many times on this show. We're going to talk about it. I'm telling you, it's going to happen sooner than later. But <laughs> tonight we're going to talk about Adventures in Babysitting. So give me some background, everybody. What's everybody's uh, previous experiences with Adventures in Babysitting? I know Jenny was very excited to do this movie. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. So I did not see this in the theater, but this was played frequently in my house. We might have actually bought the VHS. I can't be sure, but I watched it all the time. (laughs) It was that serious, huh? Yeah. I mean, for me, this movie is really up there with, like, Goonies. Mm. Like, this is a movie of my childhood. Right. Like, when I think back to what I watched then, this is always one that comes up yeah. right away. Not for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad it holds a space in your heart. <laughs> Jenny, did you ever babysit? Very rarely. Uh, me and the kids, not so much with the, <laughs> you know, getting along. Kind of thing. <laughs> We do not have children, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I, I like my friend's kids, but random children, not no, so I much. I babysat for two boys when I was about 14, mm. maybe. And God, they were hellions. And I did it twice and never again. Did you ever have to chase yeah. one out the window of a skyscraper? I did not. <laughs> did that, not. That was the second night she she had to do that. <laughs> right. I, what, uh, well, they, what do they call it? They call it OPK, right? Other people's kids. Yeah. <laughs> like your kids, but OPK, not always so good. It's yeah. like cats. I like my cat, but I hate all the other cats. <laughs> Yoshi is the best cat. Yoshi is the oldest cat. We found out the oldest cat in the world is like 31 years old. I think Yoshi's going to yes. trump that. I'm thinking, so, dude. I'm pulling for Yoshi, dude. I'm pulling for Yoshi. But my, Eric, Jason, bud. do you guys have any background with baby uh, adventures in babysitting? Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I 
definitely watched this one as a kid. My favorite part was always Thor. I mean, you got to understand, this was the closest thing to a live action representation of Marvel's Thor <laughs> that you ever got. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, and that was what stuck with me more than anything, honestly. Same here. Because I was just such a comic nut as a kid. So I, I loved all that stuff. I wanted that helmet that she had. I never saw that anywhere. That must be a movie prop or something. Because I'll, I'll see that. At the keep store. an eye out on eBay for you. I'll see if I can pick it yeah, up. Yeah, let me know. <laughs> but yeah, I watched that one a lot as a kid. And, and I will say I haven't watched it in a long time. And uh, watching it as a parent is different. Yeah. As we will get into. Mm-hmm. Jason, what about you? Oh, this was definitely, a, I think, a rental. I think my mom or somebody rented it. It was not a childhood watching movie of mine i think i watched it maybe once maybe twice uh for the viewing that i did for this episode i think it's been about maybe 25 30 years since i watched this movie because wow. yeah. i'm that old so um <laughs> uh, but it just it wasn't a movie that was a big favorite but now uh, a lot of girlfriends and you know junior high and high school love this movie it, i think it was more geared to the babysitting girls of that age all the way up into the high school so it really wasn't a thing for me but yeah the whole thor thing was cool but uh and don't forget eric we did have a live representation of thor in the incredible hulk returns one year after this uh that's true so come on <laughs> man true. what are you doing comic book bro man, hey i said this to this point first. so this was the first i was not yep. incorrect but uh definitely uh yeah it was a, a a big time childhood thing for me i did enjoy parts of it though I didn't see it until much later. Uh, I think probably when Jenny and I got together and she, she asked me if I, if I'd ever seen it and then we finally watched it at some point. Um, but definitely not something that I grew up watching by any means. I do remember seeing it as a kid and like Eric mentioned, the, the Thor stuff stuck out to me because the little, you know, Sarah is so obsessed with Thor and then you've got this mechanic at the end who looks like Thor to her and whatnot. So that always left the impression of me in, uh, on me. And then, of course, Elizabeth Shue. I, I'm a big Karate Kid fan, oh, so, so hot. that kind of just moves over. <laughs> I have a theory that actually Elizabeth Shue's character in this is is her character from the Karate Kid. She's just babysitting one night. <laughs> it could work. It could absolutely or Back to the work. Future. She's reaching for that one. Really no, crazy. we're not Breaks going Back with... to the Future route. Elizabeth Shue should have never been in the Back to the Future movies. I'm sorry. Breaks up with Marty in a separate timeline. Starts dating, uh, you know. Okay, we're getting into is. timelines here. Bradley Whitford. <laughs> and that's after he was graduated from, or uh, was headed to college in Revenge of the Nerds 2. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're trying to make it all tie together in the movie world. But Revenge of the Nerds 2 came out this year as well. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Uh, the the typeface, the title typeface and the, the, the opening credits reminds me of, it's not, the same but it reminds me of the typeface from back to the future yeah it's got that big lean on it yeah it's very colorful i mean i don't know if that came from the drew struzen struzen is that how you say his name you know the the artist that does those posters you know the great box art in yeah. this movie right mm-hmm. um and i i don't know if that was like a typeface that he put together but of course he did the back to the future one I don't know. I, I just kept looking at that typeface in the beginning and I'm like, gosh, that is so, it's so like colorful and energetic. Like this is going to be some kind of crazy sci-fi movie, but I mean, the, the box art for this weird, movie right? definitely sticks out. I mean, it's one of those that's very iconic mm-hmm. for the time. 
Um, you know, because of the nature of like Thor and, and all the stuff they go through here, it looks like a, you know, almost like a cover of a comic book almost. It, and it, right. They're crawling like Batman going up the wall, right. like Batman and Robin kind of, you know, but well, we get into the movie here and, and you know, we've already started talking about Elizabeth Shue, I, the opening with her dancing around singing and then he kissed me. I, I think it's very charming and I really enjoy I, I enjoy watching her dance around as the credits roll and all of that in the movie. Um, was that something that kind of set, set like I have a lot to, to say you? about this. Okay. <laughs> yes. So from the minute you hear the opening notes of the song, I was hooked. And then it's, and then he kissed me by the crystals mm-hmm. and the way that she tells a story without saying anything to you. Yeah. You know that she's getting ready for a big night out, that she obviously has a boyfriend that she loves. She's envisioning marrying him. I mean, I definitely put like the pillowcase over my head. Like she uses the curtains. With the but drapes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so With the clan rally. No. Oh, whoa, no, I'm sorry. whoa. I'm sorry. You're, How did we go? Down sorry. You meant road? like a, you meant like a bride. I'm sorry. Yes, like a bride. And Trump is not in office anymore, Eric. <laughs> Sorry, Jenny, please carry on. I always wanted one of those four poster beds so like you could use it like a microphone. <laughs> and I thought that was the neatest thing ever. Um, I know this dance. Like I was doing it in my seat last night. While the song was on, she was. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, did she do this like after the first time you kissed her, Josh? I mean, is this what happened later when she went home? Come on, I don't know. Play it out, Jenny. First, I don't know. The first time I kissed her, I kissed her and ran away, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> <laughs> that's a story for another time. Yeah, really, let's folks. get it. Oh, that. But I just I saw like a picture of Jenny in there doing this after y'all's first big date. So, but I love this song so much. I made my dad buy it for our jukebox. And the scene, you know, makes you like her. It's very endearing. She's a sweet, innocent girl, seems like a really nice person, and you're on board right away. Mm -hmm. You're on her side, you know? Well, I'll tell you, the next scene doesn't make me like Bradley Whitford because this dude is douchebag from the moment you lay Mm -hmm. eyes on him. He's a douchebag in everything. Not in everything. everything. No, no, I mean, like, but but like in the 80s and early 90s, that was his like stigma and he even yeah. said something about that i think in an article later he felt as though he was going to be typecast into being the stereotypical asshole in every movie he is for the majority yeah. but the, yeah. i have seen some things in that he's in that he's not the yeah. asshole uh, oh, uh cabin in the woods i think he's in handmaid's tale or he's kind of an asshole in cabin in the woods he's kind of an asshole kind of an asshole in handmaid's tale too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean i know he's in those i don't watch handmaid's tale but it's uh well, but I know uh, like, West Wing. People. I was about to say West Wing. The West Wing. West, yeah, and he, he, West Wing is where it's he's at. He's not an yeah. asshole in West Wing. Yeah, I can't help but think about Billy Madison. Yes. Yep. I've I've only seen Billy Madison like one time. Want to touch the hind? So we might have to we might have to add that. To yeah, the old it's list. not one of our like repeat viewing. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I could lose some people with this, but I'm not the greatest. I'm not the biggest Adam Sandler fan. So. I don't think you lose too many people. No, that one. No, not really. That not, not too many. Uh, you, he either makes you laugh or he doesn't. For some reason, I he makes most of the time. Let's let's you know. I'm tempering this, but 
He's about 50-50 for me. Yeah. Like yeah. he's he's like Will Ferrell. I was like, exactly, I love he is Will Ferrell or hate Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's exactly so, where I was about to go. He's the Will Ferrell. Him and Will Ferrell are like the same thing. You're either yeah, it's it's oh, it's kind of like Guinness and Jaeger. You either like it or don't. There is no <laughs> middle of the ground there. So you don't. Well, and I also really like both <laughs> of those serious roles. Like yes, that they've each taken. Yes, yep. they do really well in them. Yeah. I like um, it. Yeah. So anyway, Bradley Whitford, <laughs> aka douchebag, who's surprisingly not really in the movie that much. I, no. I I I forgot that he was in it very little. But um, so yeah, he comes and cancels his date or their date, and she was looking forward to it. His sister is sick, and he's got to take care of her. All this hoopla, you know, from the moment he says something that he's completely given her a line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we find out later that he absolutely is. But um, sure. So she's very let down. Uh, we meet Brenda, who's Chris's friend. She's a little bit of a drama queen, I would have to say. <laughs> I mean, she's got some issues. A little bit. But she, <laughs> yeah, she runs away from home. Yeah. <laughs> she only had enough money for the Uber. And then <laughs> Uber did then, not uh, exist then, Eric. <laughs> it was called a taxi. It, for all you people listening nowadays, we used to have these things called taxis that would take you from point A to point B. <laughs> So yeah, she she's an idiot. <laughs> she's the cause of all this stuff. But she's an idiot. But she get but she n- hit the nail on the head. She said he's lying to you. Yeah, yeah. right she there kn- from the beginning. She's got him figured out from the get go, just like we do. Um, but you know, in order to take her mind off things, she gets a babysitting job for the night. She goes to babysit some kids that I believe she's babysat for previously, because we find out that um, Brad. Brad Brad and Sarah, who she's going to babysit, Brad has a crush on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah, who we've already talked about uh, briefly with Thor, she's obsessed with Thor. She's a little hellfire running around the house on her roller skates. The kid's off. Dressed up as Thor with the Thor helmet. She's got Molnir in her hand. I mean, she's, she's all out. Um, drawing Thor in her bedroom, which I have to say, like, she's a pretty good little artist. You know, Dude, yeah. If this, yeah, she definitely didn't draw that. And yeah. there's some nice uh, Kirby art on the wall too. Yeah. yeah. Also, was saying like she, uh, today, like if that happened, she would be the coolest kid in school. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> back then they looked, oh, you're a comic book nerd. Now you're the cool kid because you got all the, I mean, all that stuff on the wall. It's worth tons of money. So you're you're looking towards your future. You got 401k all around you. Well, in so. 1987, <laughs> that wasn't the case because Brad no. thinks Thor's a homo. Mm. Yeah, that didn't. It's age tough well. look. Yeah, tough from, my look guy, from my guy Brad. Tough look, Brad. Yeah. Now Brad Although, uh, is a uh, Keith Coogan, and uh, was was he? He yes. was the one that was in Don't, Don't Tell, Tell Mom, Mom the Babysitter's Dead, mm-hmm. right? which is if I had to choose between these two, I would love that movie better. I also love that movie <laughs> because it's been a long time since I've seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's The dishes are done, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that. That's that's my favorite thing from him in any movie he does. Just that. So, but. He moves on, and Brad's obviously in. Finds out that Chris is coming. I'm so in love with my babysitter type thing. She's how many? How much older you think she is? I mean, I think she's. Well, she's, a, she's, a, senior, he's, a he's a freshman. Yeah. Okay, all right. He's I was, 15. He, she's it, 17. Right. What? I. I just before we get too far, I want to say I don't know if you've ever had a girl for, uh, a babysitter. Uh, I don't know if you ever had a girlfriend. Uh, I don't know if you ever had a babysitter <laughs> that you had a crush on. I. I certainly did. I mean, I, I had, you know, like, you know, I was, I was probably like 
the 10 or something, you know, and I, I, I don't remember anyone specifically. The first time like, you started I, feeling things for girls, Eric? Well, you know, just little crushes. You, know? feeling you'd, in my you'd, you'd have some high school, you'd have, <laughs> you'd have some, you know, high school girl come over and she's pretty high school girl. And, and you're just like, I mean, you just fall for her immediately because she's older and she's cool and she's a teenager. And you just, I, I, I mean, that those feelings are, Oh yeah. Like I can kind of relate to Brad here and just, you know, knowing he has no chance and it's just like pining over, yeah. you know, some girl. Uh and I and not I, I think for for the same reason Jenny can relate to the girl dancing in her room and, you know, uh ha- excited about a date coming up. I can relate to the kid that wants yeah. <laughs> that likes his babysitter <laughs> that has no chance. <laughs> no. Well, I relate to Brad too, not that I had crushes on my babysitters, but I mean, I was boy crazy from the time that I was a very small child. (laughs) I just was. And like my cousin's friends, uh, he would get to bring a friend down to the beach for the summer, like when they would visit us. Oh, you've told me this story. And I mean, there were a couple of different ones over the years, but they were like older. They were, you know, Brad is... Ironically, Brad is, (laughs) you know, he's like four years older than me, I think, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were always, you know, much older, but man, I was crazy about them. And I just thought like (laughs) one day they're just going to see. Brad is not supposed to be part of the babysitting job tonight. He's supposed to be going to stay with his friend, Daryl. Daryl. Good old Daryl. Daryl sucks. so much fun. (laughs) Uh, I like that Daryl shows up and he knows that, that, uh, Brad is pining over her. And so it instantly becomes, Oh no, Brad says, no, I'm staying here. And he's like, Oh, I know, I know she's here now. So like, he just starts ribbing him about her being there. Um, we've jumped ahead a little bit because Sarah plays a dirty, dirty trick on Brad and, (laughs) and has him almost like profess his love for Chris right in front of her, although he can't see her. His love I think that's poems. a pretty good little... Like I, I really like Sarah. When we're introduced to her, I think she is a good a good character to kind of help carry us through the movie. But I will have some some trouble with Sarah a little later that we'll get into. Going to have a hot take later? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I, I, I have a guess of what you might say, but I don't think it's necessarily the actress's fault. I think she does a good job. I it I will go ahead and say it's not something to do with the acting or the actress. It's That's something my guess. That, That's that my happens guess. later, but um, and then we're also brought up. I think is this the part where we're brought up with the first mention of the Playboy centerfold thing? When yeah, Dar- I believe Daryl brings that up. It says, "Dude, it totally looks like her." And I read a fun fact about that. She did do a faux photo shoot for that mm-hmm. and everything, but everybody thought it was real. I guess back in the day that she had really posed, posed nude for Playboy. But, but when they show the Playboy, it's obvious that it's Elizabeth Shoot. Oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, obvious. Maybe you watch this on on 4K. I, yeah, I watched okay. it. Josh has it on 4K if it's available. People, he has. I watched I it. I, no, it's not. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think that is her. You know, they just put her in there. But yeah, it's true. It, she's it's her in the in the magazine. I wasn't totally sure. I, I googled it just to to be sure. Um, it's also worth noting that Brad spills the pasta. And I just wanted to say that he overcooked the shit out of that pasta. Oh, that dude, pasta absolutely. looked like it was boiling for like an hour. I mean, it was Very fluffy. Oh God! I mean, Brad, I, I you are a child because you don't know how to cook pasta properly. 
You don't deserve a woman, a woman of her caliber. <laughs> Did anybody notice what the kids were watching on the TV? Halloween, bitches. <laughs> oh, was it? I didn't even notice. Yeah. It was yep. put there intentionally. Yeah, yep. by, cause by Deborah Hill, Hill, I assume. Yeah, they're sitting there watching. They said there's something on TV, and they're sitting there, and you can hear it. Yeah, you can hear the score in the background, and I was like, they're watching Halloween. And all of a sudden, it cuts over to the TV, and you can see Halloween playing on the TV. Well, I'm kind of mad I missed that. I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at you for missing that, Eric. We're going to have a discussion later. We're having a discussion, taking this outside. I do like the friendship that Brad and Daryl have. Now, however, when Daryl comes to the door and starts talking to Brad... He is very close to his face. Like you could stick your finger in his nose. I was, I was, I was like, is he leaning in to give him a smooch? Like they were pretty I close think he talking was to each trying other, trying to force his way inside. Yeah, well, yeah, because Chris was there. I mean, I've known Josh a long time, and I don't think I've ever had a nose to nose conversation with Josh because I like him that much. I'm not one you'll admit to, anyway. Well, we already know about the cuddling and spooning that you guys did out on the beach, so. <laughs> on the beach now this story is well, growing yeah i mean where do you live eric this is a choose your Not own adventure beach. story here <laughs> let them profess um, their love i like when when brad tells daryl to leave and he goes back and chris is like who's at the door stray dog mm-hmm. <laughs> which comes back later and i think that's a pretty good comedic hit right there but um so we get this call from brenda and she's ran away from home mm-hmm. and she's at the, is it the train station? Bus station. Bus station. Bus okay. Station. So she only had enough money to get a taxi to the bus station. <laughs> she hasn't obviously hasn't thought this through very well, but what gets me about this scene is a lot of it is believable, but then you've got the guy standing, staring at her, waving the gun at her. Mm-hmm. And, and it's he keeps like flashing the gun. Like, Hey, look what I got. Yeah. The like, guy with the hey. gun is hysterical. I, that's so funny to me. I don't know what, <laughs> I'd All he does more, is just brandish this gun through the whole movie. Anytime anyone looks at him, he just wags it around. I'd be more worried yeah. about the bum who wanted his spam and his shoes back. You know, uh, the, the guy with the gun was my least of the worries. So I noticed it when he said, get out of my house. And you look down, it's his house shoes and a can of spam and some stuff. Yeah. And she pushes it. And she kicks door. it out. And she says, you've moved. You just moved. moved. <laughs> I love that. But it's all because of Brenda. We get our whole movie. It's all her freaking fault. It's all Brenda's fault. She needs Chris's help. Well, you could say that, or you could say that Chris should never have brought these kids Ooh, along that's and a good... told Brenda, call your parents. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Let's but... have a good debate about this. Whose fault is it? Chris's or Brenda's? It's Chris's fault. Chris is a bad babysitter. <laughs> well, Brenda sets things in motion, but yes, Chris makes a bad decision, I would say. Mm-hmm. For a sure. number of bad decisions. Yes. Yes. So, and that's yeah. why we have a movie. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> but let's get to some of these bad decisions. So D- Daryl doesn't go home. He, he decides he's going to tag along for the ride. His comment to Chris is a little problematic. Daryl's a little problematic. Daryl is quite is... problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl is one problematic thing after another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he when he decides he's going to go tell his parents, she's like, well, "What do I do?" And Sarah says, "Get in the car, run him over." Like her delivery of that like is great. Yeah, I love it. That was perfect comedic um, timing. Awesome. But Chris's stipulations to him going, and you know, <laughs> if you do anything, you're going to be dead, murdered, 
stabbed. And of course, his rebuttal is raped. Like, come on, dude. Come I on. had no idea what that was. Rape when humor. I watched this movie. You gotta Thank love you. rape humor, humor, am I right? No idea. There's so much of it in the '80s, man. It's crazy. Well, Absolutely you can forgive. Crazy. You can forgive certain things, especially coming out of what is clearly an idiotic teenage boy, right? True. Like, you, you have to understand where it's coming from, that kind of stuff. And yes, 80s movies are chock full of things like this that we can't say anymore and don't want to mm-hmm. say. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, as we go, we'll we'll talk about all the crazy shit he does and says. Yeah. I think it is clever <laughs> once they get on the road, though, and they start going. Um, Chris is telling her story, trying to scare Sarah, the guy with the hook for a hand. Scrape, scrape, scrape. I, I think all the delivery of that is really good. What a um, coincidence. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and this is where we also see the Playboy and we start to see the pictures of of what the who they think is, you know, a girl who looks a lot like Chris is Chris, whatever. Um but yeah, I, I love and then that. they throw it out the window. Yeah, and they throw it out the window. It, it's it's crazy how much this Playboy actually plays a big part mm-hmm. in the in the plot of this movie as well. Um, was Playboy a sponsor? I'm thinking Hugh Hefner was behind this movie. Uh, well, you talk product placement. You had Captain Crunch. You had Playboy. You had Jif Peanut Butter. Thor. Clearasil. Clearasil. Yeah. You had, uh, there was one other one. Oh, yeah. The Crunch Bar. You had the Crunch Bar for a while. Mm-hmm. The Crunch Bar. You got no chocolate. You got to keep an eye on your acne. <laughs> your acne. <laughs> Brutal. That's so embarrassing. Brutal. Yes. Yeah, you gotta love moms. They're they're just no filter. They're just gonna embarrass you right in front of the hot chick all the time. <laughs> so what is the what's the uh, the guy with the hook for the hand? What's his name? Pruitt. Handsome John Pruitt. 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 Handsome John Pruitt. How do we feel about handsome John Pruitt? I, I like, like dude. I, I love like this him. guy. <laughs> I love this guy. I, I love his sense of humor when he stops to help them out. Like you think he's a creepy guy. Like well, what's but then you find out like. Sh- Chris tells him her story. Hey, we had a blowout. I got these kids. We're trying to help a friend, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I help it. But then you see the whole hook hand thing. So you know that the story she just told in the car is definitely going to play into the minds of the kid immediately. So you're like, okay, they laid out the grand work for the hook hand immediately. But I love his, like in the truck, dude, when he's driving and was it Daryl's talking to him and talk, tells a story about losing his hand under a truck. He, he, was Daryl asking that, did, did you lose it in Nam? You know, and he says, "No, I was changing a tire, and it fell off, and it my hand just popped off, popped off." And then he said, the "Well, glove box. You, well, did and you I bar- keep it in the glove box? Yeah, did you did you bury it? No, I kept it. Where's it at? It's over there in the glove box." <laughs> like, I could see a top four truck drivers from movies list. Large Marge sent you. Yeah, I mean, Large Marge comes large. to mind. Obviously, yeah, there's a write lot that of. Down. I mean, write that down. Write that down. Top okay. four trucker movies. Um. <laughs> So here's where we start. Like, this is where this movie starts to have problems for me. Um, we're introduced to Pruitt, and they they kind of turn this stereotype on its head. She tells the story about the hook for the hand. The kids automatically get freaked out because he's got a hook for a hand. He turns out to be a good guy, and he's there to help him. Mm-hmm. And then... Well, he's an okay guy. The next scene, he does a complete 180 and becomes a homicidal maniac. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a reason that, like, uh, I mean, Dawson hit him on the radio, said, hey, there's the car out front again, and I didn't know what was going on. But when he grabs the gun, you know, they're freaking out. But, dude, man was sleeping. His wife is cheating on him. He's going to pop a cap in his ass. That's why he was going there. Uh, still a little problematic. <laughs> well, he brings, you don't turn yeah. to murder. 
Well, he bring he decides to bring these kids with him to do this, which is a right. problem. And then he shoots in their direction. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's extremely reckless. But he's got and, good driving skills, dude. He, the way he weaved through that traffic, dude. Y'all need to take notes while, while you're in Atlanta. Car, yeah. Drive, that drive station like wagon on the yeah, back. Drive yeah, like yeah. Pruitt, dude. You'll get right through that Atlanta traffic, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> but all this goes down. You know, dude goes through a window, gunfire in every direction. There's a stray bullet hits hits Chris's car window. So I mean, we're we're in the shit now. Um, this happens really fast. It like, does. You go from yeah. the car breaking down to running from a shootout, like, uh-huh. really quickly. You know? Yeah. And, and one thing that, you know, as far as the girl goes and the little girl, Sarah, she's kind of having a blast through all this, which keeps oh. the, the vibe light, right? Because yeah. if oh, she was right. terrified, this would be a horror film, right? This is great. Uh, yeah. 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 Her being not scared through it and, and having fun and that's what keeps the movie fun and lively which is good but i think they do that too often with her where there there is a point where a kid should become scared and she is almost never scared yeah i I think it's because she idolizes thor that much like she wants to be a superhero and superheroes aren't scared they adapt to the situation and i mean she's got that whole mentality so i think that's a lot of it but well, she's from Midgard, okay? Yeah. She's not. <laughs> so you say. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, we'll get to her again later because there's, there's a particular point in this movie where, like, you, you have a, a good point there with Sarah, but I think it, it shifts very suddenly later, and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, but in order to get away from all this, they duck into a car and... Lo and behold, there's a carjacker. <laughs> Meet Joe in the car. It's Joe. Like, yeah, carjacker Joe. And and like the sequence of events just could not have happened any better, you know? Um, but every situation they get put in, they they get put in in more dangerous of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, although you know, gunfire is probably tippy top of that, but I mean, they're in the car with a carjacker, he's he pretty much lays it out on the line. Hey, I'm not going to hurt you. I'll take you here, blah, 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 blah. You kind of go along with him, but it doesn't change the fact that he's still breaking the law. And taking them to, like, his ch- illegal place yeah, of shop. employment at the chop, chop shop. shop. A chop yeah, shop. I mean, he could have taken them somewhere else. But he wasn't yeah. taking them to the mall. He said, fuck no. I ain't That's going right. to no damn mall. Not going to the What mall. do you think Joe has against malls? There's no malls in there. They don't have malls in the he city. He didn't want to drive that far. Yeah, uh, that's a suburb thing. That's a suburb thing. Okay. Yeah, because okay. this is uh, supposed to take place in Chicago, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even though they shot the movie in Canada, did y'all read that? Part? Mostly shot- Toronto. Yeah, yeah, mostly Toronto. But the town was so clean, they had to put their own trash on the streets <laughs> and hire somebody to keep the people of Toronto from cleaning it up behind them. Oh my gosh, <laughs> man. This place is not as dirty as the United States. We got to dirty it up a little bit. <laughs> That's pretty bad when you got to bring your funny. own trash to shoot a movie scene. And then you have to keep a guy out there because the people who clean the streets are like, oh, let me get that trash for you. No, leave well, it there. We tr- we paid money for that trash. Well, Deborah Hill is used to that because, I mean, she had to bring leaves to California yeah. to make it look like fall time and, <laughs> yeah, and Halloween. Freak, uh, turn uh, freaking Southern California into Haddonfield, Illinois. You know, she's used to it. She's like, oh, I got this. I've been doing this for like 10 years now. I'm good. But, but we get to this chop shop with all these gangster ass you're, guys. You're and, right. What did Joe think? He, you know, like he was trying to help them, but did he think that his boss, this 
total yeah. creeper is gonna is gonna be okay with him bringing these kids back to hell the, no i mean he didn't really think that through but you know he's 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 a car thief maybe yeah, i don't think you know we're Joe's giving him too much to credit think. okay joe's paid to I steal mean, some it, nice cadillacs that's all he's paid for mm-hmm. i mean he obviously his heart is in the right place but yeah he hasn't thought about what he's doing by any means mm-hmm. jason did you get the actor's name who plays this this creepy gangster guy I don't think I did because I, I I did look him up, but all the movies he was in was like older, like Eastwood and Western films. Well, I tell you, like he could have been cast as any creepy guy in a movie. It's like a like, skeleton. He he is Ugh. something else. Yeah, name, He's his character's name dude. I think is Bleak. Bleak. His name is Ble- his name is John Davis Chandler, and yeah, the the character's name is Bleak, and he scared me when I was a kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. he creeped me out for real. His face, his teeth, the way he talked. Yeah, it's pretty creepy guy. They could have they could have put him in as old old man Marley, and it would have been a little more convincing. And take home alone, the Brady bunch, dude. Upstairs. Actually, dude, they could have put him in as the preacher in Poltergeist too. Yeah, it, it yeah, probably would have went there. pretty good That's there too. True. Yeah, he he's right in that wheelhouse of just creepy, creepy looking guy. dude. Yeah. Oh well, I'm with you on that one. So was was them. Walking on the beam, trying to get out of the warehouse, like, as a kid watching this, like, how did you feel about them escaping the car, the car chop shop? It still to this day seems impossible to me. Like, there's no way you're getting all those people across <laughs> that beam without a mishap. Right. You know, or no even way. like, that, that's one thing that gets to me in movies nowadays is when people are having conversations like her and Brad are whispering as they're walking across yeah. this beam. It's like, they're going to hear you. They're absolutely going to hear you. Yeah, that shot from the <laughs> ground shows how like obvious they are up there. But another terrible decision by by the babysitter. Like we're we're in a pickle here. Okay, we've got these people, but to put all the kids on the rafters and try to tiptoe across, like you are. Sarah's probably hanging from the rafters. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, the parents <laughs> even make the comment, and then it boom, and it's right that. over to them doing that. So. That is probably my favorite thing that comes from that scene is that little, that little segue into that. Yeah. And again, we get the Playboy thing. Daryl steals the damn Playboy, and, and, and this is, is where the Playboy becomes pervert. a major part of the story. Yeah. Now it is now the whole reason for everything other than Brenda. Yeah. Yep. Who they've kind of forgotten about at this point, I I think. Oh well, there's more forgetting about Brenda later that yeah. we'll get into, but I the. <laughs> One thing I do like from this scene is when the rust falls in the guy's coffee and he drinks the rust. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, That's old gross. nasty rust. You got your um, tetanus shot. And then, uh, but they, the entire explanation for this MacGuffin of the, the magazine is done in ADR uh, in like a split second. And it's oh, yeah, just he wrote, the quickest line ever. It, I, I wrote had, notes. I wrote notes for the Jojo deal or some shit. Like that. For the yeah. Philadelphia the deal. deal. Yeah, yeah. For the Philly that deal. could put us away for 20 years. It, they, yeah. It's the quickest line during action outside in the dark. And you hear this line. <laughs> like that's the only line <laughs> that explains why they want this magazine so bad. But I, the, I love the next scene. They go in, they sneak into the blues club to get away from them. And yeah. you got, uh, I think it's Albert Collins is, playing which is i mean i grew up here in texas the man's from texas yeah so i knew who he was he he actually recorded an album in beaumont which is just a few miles south of me but uh i mean playing guitar i 
didn't listen to him a lot, but I knew the name because I had a lot of family play guitar, and he was supposed to be the master of the Telecaster. That's his. Was his he name. has a rad telly in in this movie as well that I wanted to show my son who plays. Oh, guitar yeah, it's good. But the thing is, is you ain't leaving without singing the blues. Nobody gets out of <laughs> this nope. place without Let's singing sing the blues. blues. And, Sarah, and that you, place did, must have like it must be open just like they don't close night. till dawn because they got yeah. everybody in there to sing the blues before they can <laughs> yeah. leave. I mean, ha- we want to close up, Albert. I think as long as you're singing along, you're singing the blues. So <laughs> yeah, if you if you're not there, if you're not into it, like the like the gangsters that come in at the end, they got to sing the blues before they leave. It's it's also worth mentioning that the music in this movie is good and there's a lot of great oh, yeah. blues in it and hey. overall like the music throughout the movie is, is and you know fun. who did the score michael Kamen. yep and um, he's got has done he did a lot of movies i guess with die hard yeah die hard lead the weapon yeah. but he's also responsible for metallica snm <laughs> i knew josh was gonna give me the boo on that one. Oh boy but then we get to see elizabeth shoes horrible singing skills of the blues. yeah i mean how do we feel about this i, I kind of want to talk about <laughs> singing the blues because dude i got some notes I, got notes I mean i really love it as a kid it's so cheesy as a kid you absolutely are, are drawn into this 100 percent. yes but i have to say watching it now it was cringeworthy it watching is it, now. it is like it was bad i like it <laughs> it's yeah, words, yeah. <laughs> words. <laughs> That's all we get. I'm like, that's a classic blues. Riff. I mean, Josh plays looking after already. these guys. Nice. Like, oh, it's just, ooh, yeah. Well, <laughs> white I, people do the blues. <laughs> I got the babysitting blues. Yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. God, no, I, I, <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah, I, I remember thinking like, well, I, I remember loving that scene as a kid, and that is a fun scene. But watching it this time, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Why are they singing the blues? Why are they shoop shooping? And the kids are dancing and like they're running for their lives right now. They need to get out of here. Like, yeah. Oh, it's nuts. Yeah. But and, again, and- it also feels a little back to the futurey. Yeah. A little bit. A little. Honestly, yeah. it was better when the Blues Brothers did it with Aretha Franklin. But oh, yes, I always. Mean, you can't really top that. Yeah. When are we gonna um, do that movie? Can we do that movie? <laughs> oh, whenever I mean, we put it on the list, and we'll go. Um, that one. So I mean, they they eventually get out of there. It's a distraction, but they're still got the, these guys on their tail. But uh, you know, they they catch them. They tell them they can't you know leave without singing the blues. And then we have a a, da- a moment of downtime where where Daryl um, finds a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> A 17-year-old <laughs> prostitute, nonetheless. Who they find has aged quite a bit. Yeah. Well, dude, all right, we got Elizabeth Shue, who says she's 17 in this movie. She looks 28. Easily. Because <laughs> she was 20. I think no, she, she was, was like, 23. Yeah, yeah because you, I liked it, because that's what I'm thinking the whole entire time. She's way too old to play this character, and I love that the prostitute even asked her, well, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. I'm like, ah, touche. <laughs> But this is where we get a good moment between Brad and her because, I mean, everybody sees that her boyfriend, Mike, is a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. He's so cool. Yeah, so cool. The license, so cool license plate. We skipped over that. That's Yeah, ridiculous. I can't believe we forgot that because Jason has that same license plate. I, mean, I do. I have, I have that one. <laughs> so cool. I got it on my new truck. That's what I rock. <laughs> but Texas you have to kind of give Brad a little bit of a, you know, a leg up here. I mean, at least he was able to profess like, hey, why wouldn't you give a guy like me a chance? I think that was 
especially like being a kid and, and, and like the, just the sheer fact of talking to an older girl when you're younger, like I kind of, I respect the fact that Brad just decided to say that to her. Probably not the best time to say it, yeah, but timing. Yeah. You know what's I was, you know, oh. I was going to wait to bring this up, but you, you're talking about a 15 year old talking to a 17 year old. That right. is a more appropriate relationship than a 17 year old with a college kid. Yeah. As we see soon. And how old was Bradley Whitford? How old was Mike in this movie? He looked even <laughs> older. I mean, he's already got a receding hairline for God's sake. Well, I, have I mean, bit... she's in high school. I, she should yeah. be dating Brad over yeah. these other guys. That's true. Anyway, that's the funny thing. Clearly about I'm a dad. I have a yeah. 15 year old daughter and clearly I have feelings about this film. <laughs> My 17 year old daughter is not uh, dating some guy that's in the frat. Sorry, it ain't not happening. But not, the, I don't care how nice he is. I don't care if he gives you 45 bucks. That's true. Uh, but the funny thing about Keith Coogan, about the, the reason I want to bring it up because Josh is talking about like him being kind of shot down. He got shot down in real life too. Yeah, he I was actually that. had a total crush on Elizabeth shoe. And, and during the movie, there was actually times that that look on his face was kind of real when she chose wow. the other guy later. But I read it that in an article that he actually mentioned something to her, like at a dinner or something. And she kind of laughed. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I read that the way he described it was, it was similar to in the movie, it's the same laugh like, from the movie when she said, yeah, like kind of like, Oh, that, you know, that's ridiculous. Kind of a, you know, which could be taken in the movie, it doesn't seem like she's being rude to him. It's just you're too young for me, kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Babysitter for God's sake. So, I don't know how it was in real life. Maybe it's so you're not famous enough for me, or you're, you know, you're no Ralph Macchio, bro. Sorry, you're no Ra Ralph Macchio. <laughs> yeah, Ra Ralph Macchio's coming to pick her up later and taking her to the uh, food and stuff. Or I'm sorry, it's, it's golf, golf and stuff. stuff. I got golf Parks and Rec oh, on the brain. Boy, this guy's in trouble. <laughs> All right, it's a good time to talk about some cast members. Almost famous. Yeah, I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, that guy who was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. So, not a whole lot that I found here, but I, I mean, I wrote down Bradley Whitford. No, he's famous. Yeah, I mean, he's in The Handmaid's Tale now. And he's like, an Emmy winner. Yeah. He's famous. Yeah. So I'm thinking we're we, we might choose the same person here, but Eric, you you're wiggling your finger, so let's hear what you got. I'm gonna say, and I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but I'm gonna say Ron Canada or Canada. I don't know how you Canada? say it. Who is I, that? I actually I actually Which Googled. Which that's the, the the black guy that's chasing the, the kids the whole time. You know, I wanted to write him down, but I never I, I never got around Graydon. to researching him. Yeah, his name's Graydon. And, but yeah, he's Graydon. Been, he's been in a ton. Of, I actually looked up how to pronounce his name because it's spelled Canada. Uh, but I don't, who knows, you know, names are Canada. Weird, I could not find the pronunciation of his name. So sorry, Rob, if I'm saying your name wrong. I know you're a listener. Uh, but he, he was in uh, Wedding Crashers, <laughs> National Treasure, uh, the Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. But no, really what we know this guy from is television. He's been in a shit ton of television. Over the, I mean, House of Cards, I'm just scrolling through. Um, uh, other things, Boston Legal, Law and Order, Ugly Betty, Bones, Stargate. Seventh Heaven, Weeds. I mean, he's West Wing. He's another West Wing person. 
Well, that's the thing about a lot of the character actors in this is a lot of them are TV actors. Uh, Even at the time, I mean, Bradley Whitford was in some movies in the 80s but went on to do a lot more TV. Um, He's still doing TV today. Um, And the guy that I wrote down was was the guy who played Daryl, Anthony Rapp. I have that one too. Um, He is a big theater guy. Uh, He's done a lot of theater. I think he may have even actually won a Tony. He he was Um, in Rent. He was in Rent. He was actually in the movie Rent, I believe. Um, but I know him most from Dazed and Confused. He was the um, one of the two nerdy guys, the guy who ends up with the the freshman girl at the end. Yeah. So, and, and which is a very big departure from this to Dazed and Confused, because he looks much older in Dazed and Confused mm-hmm. than he does here, and he's it, not a redhead in that either. He's long blonde hair in Dazed and Confused also. But I mean, that was that was the guy that I chose. Does anybody have anybody else? I mean, I couldn't really find anybody. No. Else. I mean, you got Penelope Ann Miller, but she's she's been in a good handful of yeah. things. Like I, I instantly recognized her, um, although I can't tell you anything she's been in right off the top of my head. No, she, I recognize her from Kindergarten Cop, but other than that, she really doesn't have a long list of things. That's it, Kindergarten Cop. That the artist, Carlito's it, Way, The Shadow, The yes. Relic. I was I also had wrote down. Uh, who we're going to meet later, the character of Dan, George uh, Newburn. He was in both of the Father of the Bride movies. That's a good and, one. Yes. And me being a comic book fan, he is the voice of Superman slash Clark Kent in a lot of the Justice League DC movies. Not the, And I think he even did it in the series, too, for like four years. Yes, now, who is did. this? Who was this in this movie? George Newbern as Dan, the one she meets later, the one that she oh, actually okay. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The guy at the end. That, yeah, that's, that's a what, good one, Jason. I, I want to. I, I'm going to side with Jason on that one. That's a good one. Okay. Because I mean, the, those DC animated movies are great. I mean, I love them because I'm a comic book fan. But uh, I, I think the DC animated movies are better than some of the Marvel animated movies. Oh, but they I are love, for sure. But Marvel, I, I won't even watch are the better. Marvel animated ones. But I'll watch Marvel's, some of the, Marvel's yeah. got the live action. DC's got the animated for yeah, sure. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's where I when I heard him talking this movie. Like I said, I don't remember this movie from a kid. It was like 20, 30 years ago. When he started talking, I was like, oh my god, his voice. And then when I looked him up, I was like, ah, that's what You're it's like, from. Kal-El? That's Kal-El. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, that man's famous. He's Superman. But that's who we had. That's who I had. So that's You shouldn't one. have brought that up because now I really want to talk about Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. <laughs> don't, that, but, don't open that can of worms. Yeah, dude, you open that. So, we're going to be here for five god hours. Almighty. Jenny, did you have any Almost Famous people, or have we talked about? The only thing that I was thinking about for Almost Famous was to tell you that Bradley Whitford is famous. Because <laughs> I knew you were going to say it, and it's well, just not true. At the time, I had written his name down because literally, like, I couldn't find anybody else in the movie that I would have kind of nominated for Almost Famous, but after digging a little bit, like, I, there, there's... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sticking with Anthony Rapp. You guys can have that your George guy. Newburn's a, a great one. Yeah, I'm going with either I one of those two. I think is I'm good. sure I've seen him in some other movies as well. Uh, the George Newburn guy. Mm-hmm. I like I I like recognizing voice actors. They yeah, don't get enough for credit. Sure. So. Well, Give it to George. Okay, I don't think there's any other place in in this podcast for me to say this, so okay. I'm gonna say it now. Do it, Jenny. I love Bradley Whitford. Like as an actor, as an actor, for sure. oh, as an actor, oh, oh. he <laughs> is my number one side character of all time. Like side actor, 
who plays not the lead role. Yeah. Uh, I he have to say, so I'm, good I'm in with everything. You. Yeah. Consistency. That man is so yes. good in everything. Yeah. Love him. He is I mean, good. even though, like, the character he plays in The Handmaid's Tale is hard to side with, but he's one of those characters in that show, and his performance pulls pulls off what that character is is about in that in that show for me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he is very good as that character. Um, yeah, I, I I really like Bradley Whitford too. I've seen him in quite a few things. Uh, I've never out. watched. Of course, yep, yeah, Get, get out. out. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, he's great in that. He would have voted for Obama a third term if he could have. <laughs> um, <laughs> but oh, uh, in Cabin in the Woods, like he kind of had this little resurgence in movies there where he showed up in that crazy part in Cabin in the Woods where that that kind of threw everybody. And I think he carries that movie very well mm-hmm. along with the other the other actor. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but Richard Jenkins. Richard yes. Jenkins, there you go. I love he's that guy. Been, I didn't want to skip without saying his name because yeah, he's, he's another. He's also amazing. Yeah, he's another side character that shows up in all kinds of things, and oh, he's yeah. great in, in all kinds of stuff. So, but uh, I mean, they're running to the train. And we yeah, get we're the getting games. on the train. This is one of on our train. only Chicago scenes, like actual yep. Chicago scenes. That's I think it. we cut to um, Brenda another time before we get. Oh here. yeah, when yeah. she finds the kitty kitty. Yes. Between the hooker who yeah. ran away from home. Oh, yeah. We shouldn't say hooker, sex worker. Sex worker, <laughs> please. Um, and she ran away from home. It's like, oh my God, Brenda. Like, we forgot. Like, they actually did forget about Yeah, because she had Brenda. Yeah, because she had had her glasses stolen by the other lady at the thing, and she thinks she finds a kitty kitty in the corner. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a possum. For That's some what reason, I, I couldn't but remember like, what po- it was. But I went, a possum in Chicago? or even Toronto. That's another classic moment from this film though. Mm-hmm. I think for me it's the Thor thing and the um and the the rat. That's a jumbo a... size sewer rat. <laughs> <laughs> but it's we great. we go from that to the subway which is like it instantly turns well, in It's the L. The the L or oh, the L. Okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The uh, the <laughs> L, but it instantly turns into the beat it video. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and this is great. I love this scene. Th- this scene plays for comedy a lot better than the singing the blues scene for me. Um, <laughs> but again, like we're in a very dangerous situation. Like there is never a moment where these kids are not in peril. Like. Like they could have died at any given moment in this movie. So, and they kind of make light of that. And watching it now, I almost wonder like, if this movie were made today, would they go this extreme with some of the stuff that they encounter? No you can't way. Make this movie today. Well, no, you absolutely you... can't make this movie. No. Today. Also, these, this, it's about to be like Snowpiercer up in this, in this <laughs> train. <laughs> like, these dudes are ready to just completely go, like, they're going to, they're willing to die right now on this train. Yep. Or, Don't or, fuck with the lords of hell. <laughs> Don't fuck with the babysitter. God, just that's a good quote. And and win my heart. It should be said PG thirteen, two f bombs within thirty seconds of one another. Mm-hmm. Yep, you gotta love the eighties. I actually really like the sub or the the L scene, um, and the exchange there. But I think the gang kind of lets her get off a little too easy because they get off the train and like. Nobody chases I, I feel like they would have chased yeah. her out of there for sure. Yeah. Plus, she steals one of their switchblades and just kind of tosses it aside. 
Yeah, I kept wondering if, if a guy was going to run out and grab the, the knife and hop back on the train, you know? Because they've still yeah. got a gang war to fight, Yep. you know? They're waiting for Michael Jackson to show up. So, <laughs> so they could throw down. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. just gonna they're just gonna dance. Yeah. Dance they're fight. Just gonna dance in there. They weren't gonna do any harm. <laughs> okay, I don't understand how this works, and I think about it more often than I should. Okay, lay it out. <laughs> Are you talking about writing the check forward? Yeah, Chris's mom wrote her a check. Wrote Chris a check wrote or wrote Chris Brenda a, no, a check? Wrote no, wrote Chris, Chris a, check a check because she bought her something she can't remember what. <laughs> Jenny has it down. <laughs> Chris bought Brenda some press-on nails, signed the check over to her. She paid Chris the difference. So now Brenda is going to sign the check over to the hot dog person and he gives her the hot dog. Yeah, there's no way any of this works. Yeah, I don't no, know. No. <laughs> it's just like, I think it does real? work because if that the, if many the, times if the check is written for cash, it's not written to someone. It's just or, uh, it is, but it's it's written out as just cash. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think there. I think it does work, but I, I don't know exactly. Uh, yeah. So they've already been in a chop shop. They've been in a gunfight. They've been in know. a gang <laughs> fight. They've been in the mm-hmm. rafters. They've almost fallen and died. They've been in the blues. They've been in the blues bar. The blues. Yep. That was the safest place they were ever at. They should have stayed there. So Brad's got a boo-boo. They carry him to the hospital. He they do. One stitch. He gets one stitch. One stitch. That he one thought stitch. was going to be better. so, in, it was going to impress Chris that he took a, you know, a knife for her and he gets one stitch. <laughs> He's not a man. He gets one this stitch. is also a fairly smart comedic play here mm-hmm. where oh, they yeah. say this the person with the stab wound is dead and oh then yeah they're looking for their friend with the stab <laughs> wound oh he didn't make it the friend is dead <laughs> we're at the hospital and all of a sudden we get mr pruitt is back with the guy with the cadillac that yep. was stolen yeah with the cadillac he's looking for his car he thinks the kids have stolen mm-hmm. his car so the fact that this comes back is also smart but mr pruitt has also continued to be to be even more of a homicidal maniac and um but still like he helps they the still, kids he still helps the kids but they play it off very lightheartedly like he's not trying to murder somebody <laughs> this is the, these are the things that i just happen is to he notice just running this at time. this point yeah he's he yeah. is a fugitive from yeah. the law but he fixed the windshield that he shot and he said he's basically sorry about that but now they have to pay for the tire and it's going to cost them 50 bucks it is pretty funny. Bucks. Yeah, it is pretty funny that he. Oh, I shot the windshield out. That's totally on me. I fixed that. Like, <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. But you're gonna yeah. have to pay the fifty bucks for the tire. Okay, yeah, Josh, he's a man of his word. Wind, and how much does that windshield cost? You have some uh, oh. into this. Well, here's the other issue I have with this movie. <laughs> None of this would have happened. None of this would have happened. Um, you would not have gotten a tire fixed this late at night. It's the city. It It does not matter. Here's the thing. Okay, wait. (laughs) You would not have gotten a windshield replaced at that time of night for, well, they don't know. They don't say how much it costs, but still, regardless. Here's the thing. In this movie, the city is its own character. It's this fabled, dangerous place where anything can happen, you know, her mom's going to kill her if she drives the car into the city. And then every event after that just kind of reinforces this yes. idea that the city is a big bad. 
and and anyone in the city is like oh you're not from the city are you like yeah the city quote unquote is mm -hmm. yeah is this sort of mythical place okay yep. all i gotta ask is what everything jenny just said can we go back and get the movie guy voiceover in the city where the city because <laughs> exactly how she said it i i pictured her with that voice through the whole thing it was awesome. chicago this city it is a character in its own <laughs> I'm telling where you. mythical things happen. Jenny, One babysitter. I love it, Jenny. One it. babysitter. Three kids. One desire. One adventure. <laughs> One is always I also horny. like that Sarah, when they're going into the city, Sarah proclaims that that's where Thor lives yep. and all the superheroes live in the city. So that does play into your, your, your idea of that. And I... I see where you're coming from, but still, in the reality of the no, nothing would have gotten fixed. Nothing on this about car. this movie is reality. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So and let's just we'll just Thor, shut that down yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, and she clearly doesn't read Thor because Thor, I don't think ever lived in Chicago, did he? Nah, not that I recall. Not well, even. Well, it's his... just the city. Well, he was yeah, a, yeah. He, uh, and it depends on how far back in the comics you go. He was a human man who was given. Well, the I know. Yeah. I. I. But even then, I. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. I, I got to do my research, my own research, but that's but yeah, irrelevant. From here we get, we, uh, we start walking through the city and sounds like a party. Looks like a party. Must be a party. Must be a party. <laughs> you got Daryl, you know, being a douchebag for the 18th time in this movie, decides to go over to the Kappa party and... <laughs> For someone who's such a nerd and kind of giving Brad a bunch of shit throughout this movie, um, like you think he would be on the same level as Brad, but they're at this college party and he's full on making out with a college girl. <laughs> like yeah. he, he's getting lucky. And, and like, well, Brad's like, only got one, <laughs> got, got eyes for one girl here. So. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. I agree. So he's a woman. I mean, Daryl, Daryl is, is, Let's Walking. be honest, taking advantage of a, of a, even though she's mm. older, she's clearly she very drunk. inebriated. I think she's taking advantage of him. I, yeah, I don't is, think. Well, yes. It's a it's bit of both. not a good situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of both. Uh, but again, we've completely forgotten about Brenda, who is the whole reason we're in the city, trying to save Brenda's life, essentially. Mm -hmm. She's in danger. She's talked about somebody with a gun. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth Shue just wants to take some time to do a little dancing with a guy she just met. I, well, well, I think they genuinely Sarah's do. Sarah's got to pee. Well, yeah, yeah remember, that pee. was a thing. There's Sarah a had to pee. They found the house. And these guys think, again, back to the Playboy, that she's the Playboy centerfold again. From across yeah. the room, they're like, dude, it's her. But I think they also genuinely forget about Brenda a, a couple of times. Oh, yeah. Yes. But they also, they don't have their car at this point, so it doesn't really make sense for them to be worried about Brenda. They need to get some sort of transportation to yeah. get home. So it's easy to see that they could get lost in all of this and lose Brenda throughout this process. Cause Eric, you brought it up earlier. I mean, the only thing Brenda's got to do to get out of this situation is call her goddamn parents. Yeah. And, yeah. and that she's that really not their responsibility at all. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Chris is being a good friend, but Chris ultimately like, even though she made a bad decision, she's got to do what's right for her and her situation right now. Yeah. So, but she meets, what's the character's name? Dan. Dan. Dan and, the man. Um, 
the unforgettable Dan. The unforgettable Dan. He um he's very charming mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't really. I like the way he plays off his buddies who think she is the Playboy model, and he's like, "Really, guys? Do you think she's gonna be here on a Saturday night or whatever it is?" Um, so I ultimately like him in the movie. Um, yeah, I, I still think he's a college kid. She's a senior. That that's a little problematic for me. Senior's but. fine. Seventeen's not fine. Right. Correct. Right. But um, you know, she she gives. Her, she gives him the sob story. They need fifty bucks to get his get their car. Uh, how they know where Dawson's garage is, I have no idea. But um, he's able to scrape together forty five bucks and give it to her, and takes them to get their car. Uh, this it, is where Chris also makes a bad decision because why wouldn't you have him wait until all this is over exactly. with? Exactly, dude. Yeah, like, no. Then they get to the there with the jeep and everything. But then the thing we right there in that one scene right before we hop into the jeep is you see Brad in the corner and he's just like. I have no chance with this girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I need. To, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I, I need to give up. You know, he really doesn't. But yeah, he sees her with another college guy. You know, right. he's 15 years. He said, "I can't compete with that." So, yeah, I mean, it's it's heartbreaking for Brad throughout this. But I mean, yeah, what do I you expect? Know. I mean, Could, it, it's not going to happen. It never yeah, was. I, yeah, right. I mean, how could they have ever played it that way? Like, I'm never throughout this movie. Am I hoping that she? turns to Brad. Right. Um, I, cause for some reason that still just, just seems a little creepy to me, but yeah, um, but I can understand where he's coming from. It's just that, you know, this was never going to happen for him. No. You know, even though two years is not really that big of a, a span, but we are talking high school kids here. Yeah. So Dawson's garage. Our first glimpse of Vincent D'Onofrio. I love that guy. That guy was this before. Any... Was this before Full Metal Jacket? I think it was at the same time. Ah, I think they both um, came out the same. Yeah, you said Full Metal Jacket he's earlier. So slender in this. He's I know. A baby. Like that's what I'm saying. Like Dude, he is. But he's, he's, he, you he's got his... more weight on him in Full Metal Jacket. I know. I know. You're right. You're right. Yeah. He. I, I don't know. Maybe he was in shape for something else, or maybe he got yeah. in shape for this role. I don't know. But he's like so thin. I mean, it's crazy. Maybe he shot mm-hmm. this movie and then went on a strict diet of donuts. I don't know. Jelly <laughs> Who <knows>? donuts. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Jared Leto melted pints of ice cream and drank it to get fat for, to play uh, the guy who shot Lennon. That is a notorious Hollywood trick. Mm. That's gross. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Melt ice cream and just drink it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You microwave the ice cream and just drink it. That's apparently how they put on weight and whatnot. But Interesting. So Dawson's Garage, um, again, I, this is a fun scene. I like it, but again, like I, I'm just thinking about the fact that it's close to midnight. Nobody would be at a garage in the city this time. <laughs> like, there's no way they're getting their car. But, um, but I think Vincent Vincent D'Onofrio like fits the part here. Like, I when I was a kid, I had no problem believing that this guy could have been Thor. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's even the got most, the, the hammer. He's got that big mallet. The yeah. most horrible blonde wig ever <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> and, um, but it is it is kind of sad. And like Sarah is devastated when he's not friendly to them. Yeah. And it sort of makes her heart sink a little bit. You kind of feel that in the moment. And I think that's why it sticks with you as a kid watching that scene. 
is because, you know, there's this whole little exchange between the two of them, but never um, meet your heroes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know, but, but she doesn't give up on him. I mean, she is telling yeah. him you are Thor and the reason that you're not you don't like you're not feeling it is you don't have your helmet. And that was cool because she was trying to get he didn't have his helmet with the wings on. She he's she mentions that he's just wearing a ball cap. He needs to have his helmet. That's why she gives him the helmet. So he yeah. can melt his cold heart. Yeah, and you can see that look on his face. If he, he went from being a total ass to these kids for over five dollars, which is really nothing, but but maybe that's and that's where the little it. juxtaposition of the scene happens is maybe he is just someone who's looking for like they're asking for a handout. They're trying to give him $45 for a job that he did that he expects $50 for. Yeah. But this kid's willing to give over something that's precious to her, to him kind of melts his heart a little bit. And that, that's a fun little scene. And again, like as a kid, I think that's why that scene sits with us and is why, like why we remember this movie for certain things. And that's definitely one of them for me. Yeah. yeah. And off screen, this mechanic can't pay rent this month and is kicked out onto the street because he didn't get that five dollars. That extra five dollars. Well, he actually—he's he, Mr. Dawson. He owns the garage, so is right. He? he is. Yeah. Oh, he's Dawson. That's why he's there. That, well, that's that's where I was going to tell you the loophole and you saying he's not being the there. Dawson. He lives upstairs, dude. He lives at the garage because he yeah, he, com- he, he comes, comes down the little press the the the, the lift. hydraulic lift the hydraulic lift. Yeah. So that's why he's he can do windshields at. 11 30 at night and fixed tire because he works he lives there he's got you think he turned the lights on right no that's extra electricity dude he's he's running slim bro come on i'm gonna knock down all these i'm gonna make it where these like, this you know i happen. love it you it's know it's gonna happen it. dude that windshield like and tire got fixed that night because he just that, had that windshield laying around for that exact model of car exactly i mean that was a right i mean josh never had that problem the windshields were always there but one of our biggest problems that has happened throughout the movie is their car's messed up. They have to get their car back. They finally get their car. So instantly it's time to go. Um, I don't, at this point, I don't even know if they have still have realized that they've got to go get Brenda. They have, have. they have. Yeah. They say, what time is it? It's 1141. They have time to go get Brenda and go home. But on the way to Brenda's, we notice the license plate. So cool. The only way that license plate would be any cooler is if it said so cool Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, so cool, cool Brewster. Brewster. <laughs> I love that movie. We, we haven't talked Fright Night yet. That's got to happen one day. Oh, yes. Um so of course Mike is at the restaurant with another girl from high school. Mm-hmm. Um I have to and and forgive me for for being this way, but I have to say, like, a girl that holds no candle to Elizabeth's shoe. Oh, yeah. Like, no. why would Mike well, they say abandon, Eli- abandon Chris for this girl? She's a sleaze. Well, She's I, easy. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, he I made guess. that comment about Chris's knees. The nose knees are locked. Nothing's happening. You know, right. he's, that's, that was the whole reason. He's what a, a piece he's a of shit. He's a piece of mm-hmm. shit. What a piece of shit. Absolutely. You've got Sarah noticing a toy store when they stop at the restaurant. And this is where I brought up earlier where Sarah's character kind of takes a turn for me. And I think it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like we've gone through this whole movie through dangerous situations, uh, this, that, and the other. And then now that we're almost to our destination, she decides to run off to a toy store. 
Like, that decision makes no sense to me. I understand she's a child. I understand that she's obsessed with toys and, and Thor and all of that stuff, but after everything you've been through tonight, why would you leave the side of your brother and your babysitter to run down the street to a toy store? Like that I have makes... the answer to this. He's got it. Okay, give it to me. I'm going to explain this all to you very simply. Kids are dumb. <laughs> Kids are dumb. Kids do dumb stuff. That's why you have a babysitter. And guess who's not watching the kids? Yeah. Chris. Because her, her douchey boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. She made another terrible decision. She's too focused on this boyfriend. She's, she has her car. She can get these kids home safely after everything's happened, but she still has to go confront her boyfriend in the middle of a restaurant. It's a joke. Brad sissies out. Should have clocked that dude. He sissies out. Daryl kicks Darryl him Daryl has no, re- no, no problem doing it, though. Kicks him across yeah. the damn restaurant. But yeah, I mean, kids are dumb, and they do dumb stuff, and they, she's up past her bedtime. She's not thinking straight. She just met Thor. Well, this leads to the chop shop guys finding her on the road and trying to lure her into the car. And she runs off, sees her dad's building, and starts jetting towards it. Here's another problem I have. <laughs> she sees this building. She's like, dad's building. And she starts running towards it. That building is a good six miles away. <laughs> and she gets there in the snap of a finger. Yeah. Everybody does. And it's like that shot of the building, you can tell that that building is more than a few blocks away. And the movie magic just has to play a point there, but still, like, it bothers me. <laughs> so, but let's talk quotes. You're going to need a bigger quote. All right, I think we've all kind of been holding back and even brought up a couple of these at this point, but let's talk some quotes. Uh, Jason, what were the taglines for Adventures in Babysitting? Okay, let me see. Taglines. Got them a little rusty here, but uh, I did find a couple. Uh, got two. You got a, a lifetime of fun in just one night. Good, How good. How do you feel about that one? Better yeah. than some that we've heard so far. And I think this one was actually on the movie poster because this sounded familiar. She thought babysitting was easy money until she started hanging out with the Andersons. Not at all their fault, but yeah. yeah. I like the first one better, honestly. Well, yeah, it does seem that like they have a reputation. Yeah, because even Brenda made a kind of a comment about like, yeah. oh, but and Chris none of didn't. this is their fault at all. Uh, no, I it's know, not. <laughs> but like they have their reputation precedes them. But Chris also did not want to go babysit. No that night either no. I mean, she just wanted to sit around and be depressed in her own words I, well before we do a quote dude does anybody remember the other name of this movie oh i feel like i know it but i can't think of it because in foreign releases it was not called adventures in babysitting until it was released on vhs do, okay. do, 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 do. give it to us a night on the town but yeah in the uk when it was released in theaters that's what they got until on vhs then it was adventures in babysitting get that shit out of here yeah but <laughs> quotes come on guys what you got for quote all right who's going jenny you go first you think <laughs> <laughs> For a split second there, I thought you were asking me a question. <laughs> okay, Eric, quotes? Yes, I've got I've got a, a good handful. I have more, I but... Uh, Chris, I'm begging you. It's really scary here. I've just seen three people shoot up, a bald Chinese lady with no pants on, and there's this old guy outside who wants his bedroom slippers. 
<laughs> That's one. Uh, I'll do another one. Hey, lay off. He's just a kid, you big, you big dumb bohunk. Now, <laughs> I've never heard that word before. Neither I, have I. I had to Google it because I've never heard it. A bohunk is a word for an immigrant from Central or Southeastern Europe, especially a laborer, a rough oh or uncivilized gosh. person. So I think maybe that's not the greatest of terms. <laughs> I think not. Hmm. Who came up with these insults? Um, Jason, you got anything? Uh, I got a couple here. I said, uh, when they get to the chop shop, I like danger. You should try babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had a back and forth in the, the car says, we'll get home safe. What about Brenda? That's that was her uh, was her parents' mistake. <laughs> so basically, I forgot her, about that one. Her parents failed her. That's why she ran away from home. And then all the my, the one I liked at the end was, uh, you know, when we get to the end of the movie, they're asking how fast her parents drive. We'll go eighty. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Well, Eric, I I know you had one that Jason almost spoiled earlier. So yes, at the. At the hot dog stand. Yes. I'm going to slide uh, you my wiener. Oh, I'm going to ruin it again. Good job. Yeah, you did ruin it. Um, <laughs> I'll lay do a out. different one then. No, lay it uh, out. You the, say it verbatim. The, no, you lay it out. Yo, I'll lay you, you slide out. me the wiener. How about that? <laughs> anyway. oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Are that we talking about hot dogs? what or? it says. Yeah. Hey, what hey. he says is, you slip me the cash and I'll slip you the wiener. Yes. Damn. That's like the one. It. Okay. There you also, go. at the party, the the one of the guys at the party says to to Daryl, I think he says, "I must be hallucinating." Does anyone else see a talking penis? <laughs> I actually heard that one, and I meant to write it down and forgot to. <laughs> you said you have more, dear. One stitch, all better. <laughs> I don't know why, but when sometimes whenever somebody says one. Just in my head, it's one stitch, all better. <laughs> um, and of course, the quote of the movie: three, two, one. Don't, Don't fuck with, with the, the babysitter. babysitter. <laughs> of course. So badass. Um, I wrote down Sarah's probably hanging from the rafters right now. I thought that one was pretty Good one. funny. Yep. Um, you kids must be from the suburbs. Uh. <laughs> When they're talking about Mike in the car and how much of a douche he is, uh, Daryl says, he kicked my ass. Want to see the footprint? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, they're talking about Daryl and Sarah says, get in the car, run him over. I like, I like that, that one a lot. And um, nobody leaves this place without singing the blues. Yep, that's a good one. Those are both. At the end of this episode, we all have to sing the blues because nobody's nope. getting out of this podcast without singing the blues. <laughs> nope. Not going to happen. So, all right, let's get back to some problems I have here. Um, no kid would climb out of a window of a skyscraper. I'm sorry. We're going to jump care. all the way to that, huh? I don't care how stupid the kid is, so you can give me that excuse all you want to. Um, <laughs> You'd be surprised. No kid would climb out of a skyscraper window and do what she does. This is highly problematic for me. It seems extreme. Absolutely extreme. <laughs> like... I, uh, a grown man wouldn't but even do this. I, th- I think she thinks she's Thor. Like, I don't know, man. How how know? how far into the Thor thing can we really go? I mean, she's still I mean, a kid. She's like all in, she's but she's obsessed. still a kid with a 
freaking conscience and emotions. Like she does wear a dumb. cape. She wears a she cape. She does. She well, she does not have her cape at this point. Yeah, so. he ripped it off when she went in the freaking rotating doors. Hey, why does he punch the guy that's waxing the floors? He just because he's a jerk. That poor guy's just doing his job. He gets smashed yeah. in the face. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, things are pretty pretty crazy at this point. And I and I did want to point out. No, I have never hung out a skyscraper window. <laughs> see, see, Jason hasn't done yeah. it. It's highly impossible. <laughs> I did not do that as a kid or even as a young adult. So sorry, I have not done that. So, but in reality, which we've said this movie is not based, um, the building that she is supposed to be on has actually a 45 degree angle. And this angle is much steeper mm-hmm. than the actual Ooh. building. And Jenny's other job is architecture. <laughs> and if you're needing to have a home built or a building, call Jenny Byrne. Skyscrapers. <laughs> her. Skyscrapers are her fortress specialty. <laughs> Angled ones. Angled ones. I kept made. screaming at the television, why doesn't Ron Canada say, I'm not going to hurt you. I, I don't want you to fall. Please come he, here and I can He actually you. does say he's not going to hurt her when they're running around the building. He says that he's not going to hurt her, that he just wants to get something from her because mm-hmm. he sees the Playboy in her backpack. Yeah. But she continues to run because she's a stupid kid. Well, because now she's scared. Yeah. She's she hasn't kid. been scared any other time because she's been with her babysitter. And if she wouldn't have left brother. her babysitter, she wouldn't be in this predicament. And now she's scared. You said she's not scared enough. She's scared now. But she's not too scared to crawl out of the building. She's scared enough <laughs> of the guy that the out the window seems like the only viable option. That's how scared she is. That's a big ass building. I think I could have ran and gotten to another floor other Dude, than climbing like, out of a window. How many floors were in that building? Like forty something. Hello, yeah. let's go to a different floor. <laughs> Run back to the other. Just start pushing. This is like the Nakatomi building. Okay, like <laughs> Bruce Willis did not want to jump off the top of the Nakatomi. She's just climbing out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved them to mash that together. Her walking around the building with the parents, and she comes across Hans Gruber. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> it just keeps going. Hans just falls, and then Hans. Falls. But uh, I mean, you, so- you do. You have to have that image of her outside the window of the parents' party, though, right? That's the yeah. payoff for all that. Yeah, that's what I was getting Crazy. at. It's so eighties, nineties cliche of being out on the window and then everybody seeing you. Or oh, even in older movies too. If you're outside, you have to go past the room of the people you don't want to see you. It's totally set up that way. Yeah. It's a fun little part where they're going through in the coat closet and she's wearing the mink trying to walk around and see if she can find Sarah. Then they see her out the window. Um, so that's something that was a very big trope in 80s movies was the the fancy dinner place or whatever coat closets. Yeah. I've never seen a check uh, a coat check place done ever that. in my life. I've ever. seen a coat check. It was at a fancy place. Mm. That's something else I wanted to say about this place that Mike is at with this girl. Like, I don't care if you're a college kid. Like, college kids, high school kids, they're not going to restaurants like Mike was eating at. We don't know where Mike's from. He looks like a full-grown man. I I don't know. He drives... (laughs) This guy is a freaking pedophile, dude. He looks like a full-grown man, but he doesn't dress like one. Like, when we see him earlier in the movie, he's in sneakers and sweatpants, and he looks like he could be a high school football player. I but wear now, sneakers and sweatpants. What are you trying to say, bud? 
Well, you could be I'm a, a high grown man. kid. I don't know. <laughs> He's wearing a suit at the restaurant, though, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And that's that's what's weird. Like, I don't know. The 80s, again, one of those times. Like, they do that People in the... dressed up in the 80s. True. I mean, they People did dress that up Karate now, Kid, guys. too. And I'm so. pretty sure there were yeah. two or three people in the corner doing lines of Coke on the table as the waitress is taking their order. Because it's the 80s. Hello. You know, they did shit like that. Hey, hey anybody need an appetizer? Yeah, can I get three lines, please? You know, it's the 80s. Yeah. I guess when you're a kid watching these movies and now as an adult watching them, you're like, notice all this stuff. And you're like, eh, you weren't paying attention to it as a kid, so it didn't matter. But it's definitely stuff I notice now that just sort of irks me. But oh, yeah, definitely. There's a... There's one little part that happens when they finally find out where Sarah's at and they go upstairs and um, Ron Canada, Canada, whatever his name is, has climbed out the window to go get her. And they throw the rope down and get her. As they're pulling her in the window, she grabs hold of Brad and she goes, oh, Brad, it it does not sound right. It's ADR and it does not sound right. It does not sound all. right at all. Like it sounds entirely too like sensual the way it's oh, God. said yeah it's not good like go back and watch that scene again yeah. it's 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 bad <laughs> i was like they should have recut that they should have adr'd over that one something because that was it made me like sent a chill yeah. down my back it was gross yeah yeah that's a little tacky yeah and and they leave ron canada out on the outside yeah mm-hmm um, well, Joe, Joe comes back to save the day. Yeah, good old Joe. Yeah, what is going to happen with Joe? Because he's know, he... just punched his mob boss out. Like he needs yeah. to leave town. Joe has to. Maybe he is leaving town. Maybe I mean he he's one way or another. He, yeah. He's either leaving town or he's going to go sleep with the fishes. Sleep with the fishes. Yeah. I was about to say, say he's going to wear a pair of concrete shoes. <laughs> it is Chicago. People come up missing. He's going to be at the bottom of the lake in one of those cars that he jacked. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I jotted that down because I was like, he just punched that dude in the face. Like, he is definitely not getting out of this. He's done. He's He can't show yeah. up for work on, on Monday morning. Mm-mm. Nope. He's done. But we finally get Sarah. We finally get out of the building. And uh, and there's time for one more disgusting action by Daryl. He tries to sneak a peek of. of after they uh, pick Brenda up, they finally Brenda. pick Brenda up. Yeah, he's and passed out after her mm-hmm. ordeal, and he tries to sneak a peek under her shirt because he's a s- sick little turd. Yep. And it, again, a lot of this in the '80s. Um, <laughs> if we ever, <laughs> when we when we get around to watching License to Drive, it's going to come up again that. too. Oh God, yeah. Well, um, I mean, even Brad knows. Brad's like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, that's what you have to do. You got to, you know, got to stop your friends from being creeps. That's the one thing you can really say about Brad in this movie is even though he's kind of the, uh, you know, kid who's not really stepping out, or I mean, he he does come out of his shell a little bit in this movie, but like. Mm-hmm. He seems honorable. He's never at a point where he's like doing anything creepy like Daryl is, you know, like he's always kind of on, you know, at least some sort of a level playing field. And that's something to like about him. I think Um, I I wish Brad had some kind of a payoff. Um, True. Like like the best he gets is the end. She says, you know, we're friends. She acknowledges that we're friends now. Right. Um, she sees and him, you can see I think, it on a his... bit more as like an equal than before as like right. a, just a child, mm-hmm. which of course she is also a child cause she's 17 anyway. Mm-hmm. 
But you can see it on his face because uh, George shows back up with the Jeep because Sarah lost her skate. It was in the back of his Jeep, so he drives all the Dan, way into the suburbs mean, yes. to bring Dan. Dan um, drives all the way back into the su- or into the suburbs to bring it to him, and and he wa- he he's looking for a babysitter, which again is a little creepy. Yeah, I have a problem now. I'm a baby. I'm a yeah. baby. You change this my ends. diaper. Like, can I <laughs> can I pay you to babysit me? Yeah. You know what's funny is it's it made, cringe. It made me think of the boys. Because she's yep. in the boys, and oh, remember yeah. Homelander yeah. does yeah. that whole like mommy thing that's super yeah, yeah. gross. The breast, yeah, the breastfeeding thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's like, oh, that? you can see it on Brad's face that he's still a little torn up about the fact that he's he knows he's not going to get the girl in this movie, but you know I'm okay with that. Like I think if there was anything they could have done in this movie a little better, it would have because you've got Daryl making out with the college girl and all this stuff. Like you could have had something where Brad runs into a high school friend somewhere within all of this. And he kind of hits it off with her and it gives you hope for his character at the end or something. Yeah, I mean, like it would that. be hard like, to fit that in there, but some, I agree. Something like maybe, uh, you know, maybe at the blues club, Chris has a, has a friend. She, oh, I have a, fr- a younger friend that I want you to meet. It could yeah. just be a drop line like that. That would just kind of give Brad a little something there. Cause or Brad, even if Brent, even if Brenda would have been her like sophomore friend, mm-hmm. and yeah. then like once they picked Brenda up, like Brilliant. him and her headed off or something. Brilliant, yeah, like, good. Like one. that that would have been a whole lot better than than Daryl being a, a creep the entire movie. Or or just at the end, you just have like a really unnecessarily long hookup scene with Chris and Brad. Just... Well, that's what they do nowadays. <laughs> because that's what I'm going to get to at the end here is like all 80s movies end as soon as the as soon as the trials and tribulations are over, it's never a follow-up the next day. It's never anything. It's like, we kiss the end. (laughs) Roll credits and no post-credit scenes. But (laughs) did you know? There's a post-credit scene. There is a post-credit scene in this movie. I did not know I did not know. Did you even watch this movie? Yes. So before, yes, it, it took me four Josh and a half didn't hours know either. to watch it. Okay, I'm claiming this for my own because oh. Josh didn't know either. This is absolutely Jenny's thing. Like she, she, I, we were watching the movie. The credits came on, and I turned it off. And she goes, "You, you didn't watch the post credit scene." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> there is a post credit scene in this movie, and <laughs> if you go all the way past all the credits before Marvel made this shit popular. Adventures in Babysitting had one, and it's Ron Canada is still out on the uh, outside of the building. <laughs> Poor guy. It just cuts to him, and he's like crying, crying, or like <laughs> whimpering like a baby. That's great. I love it that. Is. It's great. I was just thinking, but it, 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 Josh brought this up. But when uh, Paramount was going to do this movie, uh, they wanted Molly Ringwall to play. Yes, the they part. did. Right. Yeah. Um, that was part of the thing. Uh, I think Chris Columbus actually fought to actually not have Molly Ringwald in this movie, but they did. They were like, we want her no ifs, ands, or buts, yeah. and it didn't happen. And they wanted Sarah to be obsessed with He-Man and She-Ra, but Chris mm-hmm. Columbus is a Marvel fan, and he changed it to Thor. You know, honestly, I think He-Man would have been better for the movie. At or, the time, or she probably, yeah, or Shira, yeah, um, because but, I, I, I mean, so hold on, a, a, a mechanic wouldn't be holding a sword. True, true. 
I mean, yeah. Thor makes more sense. I just think in terms of the popularity of He-Man at the time, like it probably would have done them. It probably would have worked out better for them in some way if they could have worked that in. But I think the Thor thing works great. I, I, I well, then you could have had Thor Dolph. Thing, I, Dolph could have been oh, Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> that would have <laughs> been great. There you go. Oh, shit. So, all right, let's get to our good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad. The ugly. Wee! Wee! <laughs> this is where we talk about the good stuff, the bad stuff, and the ugly stuff. The ugly stuff is optional, but uh, I'm going to go first this time. Um, the good is Elizabeth Shue and her opening scene. I, I love it. I think it sets the mood for her character pretty well, and I think Elizabeth Shue is great in the movie. Um, and I do think the movie is fun, however, a little problematic. Um, the bad is the babysitting blues, uh, <laughs> not, uh, not feeling the babysitting blues and, um, the ugly I would say is all the, um, um, homo stuff I don't, don't care for. So Jenny, how about you? The good is the pacing of this movie. I feel like this movie is perfectly paced. It immediately draws you in to the characters, the situation, and then it just hits every point from there. You're just going from one problem to the other, and how do they get out of it? Yeah. I love it. Um, also, Elizabeth Shue's hair is perfection. I, I it is prefer good hair. her hair in The Karate Kid, but... Hmm. It's perfection. <laughs> um... The bad, the end, pain for her to babysit, like that's, I, you know, really this is the first time that that has occurred to me, that that's creepy and yeah. shouldn't do that. So, and then, yeah, the ugly homophobia is our old nemesis from the 80s <laughs> movies coming back again. Old nemesis. Homophobia. <laughs> Eric, good, the bad, and the ugly. Go for it. Okay. Uh, the good is a tie between Chris's yellow gloves and Sarah's red sneakers. Nice. Uh, Chris's coat gloves. is pretty badass, too. Yeah, the coat. Mm. Uh, and the scarf. She yep. got it from her kid, um, Grandpa. Right. Yeah, that's right. She's like uh, a Benetton ad. Bad is the babysitter, is a bad babysitter. And uh, parents don't even know all this. Their daughter nearly died multiple times. Or, uh, and then at the end of the day, they, they pay old babysitter. Here's your, here's, uh, brutal. As a parent, my heart, I'm infuriated. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, uh, what have the babysitters that you've hired done with your kids while you've been away? Ooh. Um, and <laughs> ugly, I'm, I'm going to Brad's hair. Yeah. Brad's hair. <laughs> That's not Terrible. good. Yeah, Brad's hair is pretty bad. I agree. Jason, bring us home. Oh, well, the good, uh, I kind of like Sarah through the whole movie. I like her obsession with Thor. I like that she doesn't mind being a kid through the whole movie and sticking up for what she likes, dude. I mean, she totally 
believes Thor is real. She is Thor. And she sticks with it through the whole movie. I mean, we got the couple parts where she's frightened, but hey, what superhero hasn't been in a bad situation where they're frightened? I mean, Thor in the comments has. So, um, by Odin's beard. <laughs> but, uh, my bad. Um, wasn't like this wasn't my movie growing up. I know it was, Jenny loved it. Uh, just not a fan of the overall movie, but there are fun parts, and I do like some of the characters. Uh, like I said, uh, when it comes to movies like this, babysitting and parents gone, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is my watch. But uh, and the ugly, the horrible wig that Thor is wearing, that is <laughs> oh, I, I actually when that came when he came down the elevator, I re, I still remember that from when I watched it as a younger kid of how bad that wig it was. I even noticed it as a kid that it was a bad wig. <laughs> so yeah. But you were you were really into wigs as a kid. I, I was. Recall. I love wigs, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know your wigs. I know my wigs. And I wanted to point out something beside all this. Um, I swear there was a part in the movie. I thought I had it in my notes, but I remember seeing it when the car pulls up and knocks the boy statue over. There is. There and, is. And a that's point what happens that in happens. Home Alone. Also, yes. <laughs> in being critical, I noticed it and I thought I wrote it down, but I was like making sure that I remembered it from this movie that he also I does that in Home Alone. That. Also. Cool. Yeah. So, yep. Nice little detail. We'll be all about the details. Well, we have any other closing statements about our uh, watch of Adventures in Babysitting? Got to rent it, buy it, or forget it. Right? I'd say it's a rental. I mean, it's it's a fun watch. Um, We own it, so. We own it, but I mean, if it's a movie that you're thinking about watching, it's worth a rental for sure. Yeah, I would say rental as well. Is I don't, I don't need to own this one. It's definitely a rental, and then follow it up with "Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get to that one at some point. We will. The dishes okay. are done, man. Okay. Well, with us getting right back on track here, we're still working a few kinks out with things, so we don't have a movie picked for next week. But we're gonna try something new here tonight, everyone. Oh, I love how we, Josh is just throwing this stuff on us. <laughs> we're pulling out. The Wheel of Death. <laughs> We've got a whole bunch of movies on a wheel here, and I'm going to spin it, and whatever movie it lands on, that's what movie we're watching. There are too many movies on it for me to list, so whatever we land on, that's what we're watching. Is everybody ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Wheel Wait, how, many, of how many vetoes do we get? Fortune. How many vetoes do we get? <laughs> no vetoes. Oh. All right, is everybody ready? Five, four, ready. three, and we're spinning... No whammies. No whammies. No whammies. <laughs> this wheel sucks. <laughs> All right. We're spinning. We're spinning. We're spinning. Oh. The next movie we will be talking about is John Landis's American Werewolf in London. Woo! Werewolf movies! Uh. <laughs> Finally! Is this a horror, like horror movie? I think it is horror comedy. comedy. Okay. So I consider it a horror comedy. But yeah, we I have seen it. Yeah, Josh and yeah. I had discussed this because over in our other uh show, the horror section, we were wanting to do I've been wanting to do werewolf movies, but this one come up, but it's too big for a horror section. We need to do it on the main show. This is absolutely a mainstream uh movie about a werewolf. So we decided um this would be more more 
more in like of something for a movie of the week as opposed to the horror section. But we will be talking some other werewolf movies on the horror section coming up very, very soon. Um, but uh, expect us to be talking about an American werewolf in London next week. So that'll be fun. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I'm very, very excited to be watching it again. So I saw it over um, this past Halloween, but I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. One of the best werewolf transformations on film, if you ask me. So I'm That's very sure. excited to watch it again. Very, so. very. And our third were- werewolf that we've talked it, about, right? Well, I'm, I'm third werewolf we've talked about, but really the first werewolf movie, I would say. I think Teen Wolf is a werewolf movie, but. Yeah. Oh, you're right. I. That was so long ago that I've actually <laughs> forgotten but that we that, did Teen Wolf. But that has no wow. element of horror in it at all. Right. It, You're right. True. True. So. And then Wolfman from Monster Squad. Yeah. Of course. So. Wolfman all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I uh, hope you had fun listening to us talk about adventures and babysitting. It was a fun discussion for all of us. I had fun watching it this time. Um, check okay. us out on all yep. of our social media platforms. Drop us an email if you have any suggestions you'd like to hear, uh, uh, any movies, any questions, any of that kind of stuff. And until next time, be kind. Rewind. We'll see you next time. Bye. We're back, baby! We're back! Get the fuck out! It's over. Good job. You've been listening to the VHS Files podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. It was fun. (laughs) Send your questions, comments, and movie suggestions to vhsfilespodcast at gmail.com. You sick fucks using one too many movies. Don't you blame the movies. Follow us on all social media outlets at vhsfilespodcast. Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. Thanks for listening. To this day, and science. I'm really craving some lasagna. I'm so hungry. Dude, I've had the same problems lately. It's so annoying. I hate you, Odie. <laughs> During my segment, uh, you know, you guys know not to talk unless I address you. What? Where's he going? I'm ready to record now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut this out. Okay. Cut that out. Let's start again. <laughs> All right. Go pee if you need to. You can do it one day and not the other day. Don't listen to Josh. Be yourself. Live your life. Anyway, hey, 